I'm Harrison Barnes, a forward for the Sacramento Kings. Playing basketball during the pandemic was, man, it was different. You know, you almost kind of are isolated in a team scenario, right? There's nothing like human interaction. And not having that for a long period of time does have an effect. Go to calhope.org to chat with a live person or call their one line at 1-833-317-HOPE. Hope lives here in California. Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is usually Adam Moore, but we're dealing with some serious technical difficulties. We actually just wasted two hours of our life uh, recording on Skype, and the Skype uh, recording just disappeared. So now he thinks that I'm too stupid to press a button, and I'm blaming him because I believe it's his fault because he lives out in the middle of nowhere. So we're, we're going to try to get in a fist fight later this weekend and try to get that resolved. So he'll be back with us next week. Um, he can't join us anymore tonight because he has kids, uh, but he's going to try to join us tomorrow. And obviously he'll be back on next week. We're going to go over some of the interactive free agents uh, for you. Kind of, we we put we compiled some thoughts together, and we we're gonna we're not gonna go over all fifteen, but we are gonna go over the ones that we believe have a chance of making the roster. Some of these guys don't appear like they have a real chance. The Browns finally did make all fifteen of these official during the last podcast last week with Donovan James on. At the time, only two were official. Now we have the full undrafted free agent class. Uh, we're, I'm also gonna briefly discuss why we're gonna see a second rush of free agents due to the compensatory. Comp- Comp picks formula not being affected after I think it's a certain date next week. Adding free agents is not going to have a negative effect to the comp pick formula. Uh, I'm not going to say the whole word because apparently I'm butchering everything that comes out of my mouth today. Uh, but the first undrafted free agent that I want to discuss is AJ Green, cornerback out of Oklahoma State. We briefly talked about him last week. This is a guy who's got great size for a corner, six foot one, two hundred two hundred and two pounds. This is a guy that I thought looked perfectly fine speed wise on film, but he butchered the combine running a four six two, and that's just not going to happen. He obviously has two stiff of hips to play the slot, and I think that's largely why he went undrafted. But this is a guy who was very high on, gave him a third round grade. I do think he has starting potential. I think he can start on the outside uh, if groomed properly. Uh, the next guy, another guy we talked about last week, is Kevin Davidson, quarterback out of Princeton. Large quarterback, your prototypical pocket passer at 6'4", 227 pounds, was all Ivy the last two seasons. Donovan James dropped some knowledge on this very podcast last week, letting us know that Kevin Davidson was actually once a four-star recruit uh, coming out of high school in California, and he dealt with some kind of weird transfer situation that lowered his ranking to a three-star. Still got offers from Stanford, decided to go to Princeton, the highest-rated recruit in Princeton history. So that that I think that's an, also a guy that can land on this roster. I gave him a seventh-round grade, so not a guy you want starting, but a guy that I do believe that it can develop, and uh, you know, if he has to play, it's not the worst thing in the world. Another guy I'm extremely, extremely high on that I wrote a scouting report on earlier in the week is Alex Taylor, off the tackle at South Carolina State, a behemoth at six foot eight. Almost six foot nine, three hundred one pounds. Extremely long. Had the largest wingspan at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I think it might have been the largest at the Combine as well. One of the biggest players, tallest at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, giant hands at eleven inches. Again, I think they were they were definitely the largest at the Senior Bowl. One of the largest at the Combine. Uh, you know, he's just a, a complete specimen. He's got pretty solid athleticism, enough to hang on to outside at out off the tackle. 
The big problem, the big problem with him is he's very raw. This is a guy I gave a third round grade to, and I believe that a lot of people have the same grade with him. I don't think I'm higher on him than anybody else. Uh, specifically, this is a guy that I do think a lot of people think can groom, can become a starting offensive tackle in the NFL, but he's extremely raw. Obviously, played in South Carolina State, uh, so it's a, you're dealing with a lot lower of a competition. Um, we're you're talking about a guy that originally enrolled at Appalachian State and had to transfer out. A lot of people believe that was due to him not playing or him not wanting to. When he transferred to South Carolina State, he actually started to play basketball first. So he played basketball during his first year there. Then he played football. So, you know, there's he's definitely raw, not a whole long resume to go with. But, you know, there's, there's something there to groom. There's a lot of traits there that you like to see. He is very weak. When I say he's got a basketball background, he those arms look like Kevin Durant's arms. So he does have to gain some strength there. Another guy that I'm going to talk about that I don't really think has a chance at making this roster or is going to be an uphill battle. Everybody has a chance, obviously. Solomon Ajayi. Solomon Ajayi is the younger brother of NFL running back Jay Ajayi. A lot of people remember him as his dominant performances at Boise State. Solomon is an inside linebacker from Liberty at six foot, 222 pounds. I do believe he has an uphill battle. Really nothing special about him. He's a little undersized, runs in the 4-7 range. Very productive, was a leading tackler two seasons in a row. But again, going to be an uphill battle. Another guy that I like is Jamarcus Bradley, a wide receiver at Louisiana. This is a guy I gave a 7th round grade to. six foot, 198 pounds. He didn't have a pro day. I think that really hurt him. I think he would have got drafted if he would have had that pro day. He ran. Uh, he runs in the 4-4s, and I truly believe that after watching his film, the big the big issue with him is he ran in a very run-heavy offense, as you can see by the draft uh, and you know their statistics. I think they had three running backs go over 1,000 yards last year, and uh, they had two big road grader guards that got drafted fairly early in this year's draft. Um, so Bradley doesn't exactly have the statistics or the production that you want to see, but I think he can play. I think he can make this roster. Another wide receiver that I think can make this roster, but I wasn't as high on again. I did give him a priority free agent grade. Is Tony Brown out of Colorado, six foot one, 192 pounds. This is a guy that started at Texas Tech, played at Texas Tech as a freshman, and transferred not because he wasn't getting playing time. Like I said, he played in every game. He transferred because he wanted to follow. That's right, former Browns wide receiver Darren Shiverini. Shiverini was the wide receivers coach at Texas Tech. Eventually moved on to Colorado, and Tony Brown wanted to follow him to Colorado. A lot of every Browns fan, only true Browns fans, will remember Darren Shiverini and the greatness that he provided. Uh, I think he was with the Browns for like six, seven years. Was a former fifth round pick, also out of Colorado. The problem with Tony Brown, the reason he didn't get drafted, is because he ran a four six at the combine as well. And I believe that. I think that that might have been fast for him. He's very slow on film, but he does run crisp routes. This is a guy I do think can play. Uh, another guy is Brian Harrion, running back out of Georgia, 5'11", 208 pounds. If you haven't heard of him, that's because he was the reserve running back behind DeAndre Swift this year, Elijah Holyfield last year, um, who Nick Chubb, obviously, and... Uh, Oh my gosh, Sony Michelle. That's who, so he sat behind a bunch, a plethora of really strong running backs. I'm really high on Harian. I think he's a very solid back. I gave him a fourth round grade. I do think he can play. I do think he can make a roster. This is a guy who was very productive when he was given an opportunity. Average 5.1 yards per carries when given the ball. Um, he's got a very good body. I think he looks like a running back. I think he just kind of got dealt a raw hand at Georgia but with that said Elijah Holyfield is not very good and he didn't really sniff the field with Holyfield there either he didn't sniff the field this year with Swift and Georgia does a very good job of rotating those running backs so that is a larger red flag and I do believe that's one of the reasons why he didn't get drafted the next running back we're going to talk about is Benny LeMay running back out of Charlotte this is a guy I gave a seventh round grade to so it is going to be an uphill battle 
uh, provided the depth that the Cleveland Browns have. But Benny LeMay is a guy that I really liked at Charlotte. Big body, 5'8", 220 pounds. So I always like a guy that's the same size as me, although I'm sure he carries 220 way better than I do. He was the East-West Shrine Game MVP, and for good reason. And he was a playmaker for Charlotte. 120.4 yards per game, all-purpose, I mean, sorry, all-purpose yards per game, which was absolutely phenomenal. He was the Charlotte offense, and I, I think that his poor combine performance really hurt him. I believe he ran in the 4-7s. Adam and I were actually just talking about that before he logged off as he believes that Lenny, Benny LeMay is not very good. Another guy that I like is Nate Weeding, uh, Whiting. I gave him a seventh round grade, tight end out of Iowa, six foot four, two hundred forty four pounds. And Whiting is a former walk on. I believe that that works in his favor. Everybody likes a uh, you know an underdog story, a guy that was a hard worker, and he's obviously proven that. He got bumped and bruised a lot this year, specifically a calf injury, so he was very limited production wise with thirteen receptions, one hundred eighty five yards. But I do believe that he is a draftable player, and I honestly I know that this sounds very amateurish, but he him coming from Iowa. Definitely does help. Another player that Adam talked about before logging off was George Abima, defensive end out of Sacramento State. He is the school career leader and single season leader for sacks. Now, Sacramento State plays uh, very low competition, much like Alex Taylor at South Carolina State. Uh, and the problem with Obima, the, the reason why I don't like, I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think that there's going to be additional depth at defensive end, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But Adam really likes him because of his production at that level. He and he thinks he's going to make the roster basically because he thinks that the staff is at least going to give him a longer look due to that production. And I could see that. I think that that's a fair argument. Uh, uh, the big issue with him is that he is small, six foot two, two hundred forty five pounds, and that's he didn't have a pro day due to the coronavirus, and he didn't get invited to the combine. So those are his numbers that are listed online. So there's a very good chance we see this with a lot of small school guys that he does roll into the combine. And he's twenty pounds lighter. So there's there is a chance that this guy is in the 230s, 220 range, and he's playing defensive end. I don't think so. He does look like he is 240 pounds, uh, but I'm just saying that that should be known, should be out there. And this is a guy that, you know, again, based off of the school's numbers, the school's pro days, he ran in the 4.8s, the 4.9s. Again, that's not very fast. We can assume that he probably actually runs slower than that. A guy that I would compare that that build to, that those athletic traits to, is Alex Highsmith, who's a defensive end out of Charlotte, who's drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, who I also thought was overdrafted but at least Highsmith played for Charlotte, which is, you know, not in the FCS, but in the FBS. So you're talking about a higher level of competition, uh, but it's just not, I don't think it's a good mix. Um, I don't think he's got a, I don't think he really has a a huge shot of making this roster. And I guess that kind of brings me to my next point. Adam and I briefly discussed the second rush of free agents. Right now, if you sign a free agent, it counts against your compensatory picks towards next year, but at ne- there's a date next week, <clears throat> and I'm not sure what it is, where if you sign a free agent, it doesn't count against you, so I think that once that date hits, you're going to see it, you're going to see a rush of free agents sign Cam Newton get picked up, um, you know, there's some other guys that I can't, you know, J.D. Clowney's going to get picked up, Everson Griffin's going to get picked up, Clay Matthews going to get picked up, all those guys, and those guys, we ca- that kind of brings us to the next point, you're hearing a lot of rumors about J.D. Clowney to Cleveland resurface again. So one of the questions that Adam and I were discussing was what edge rusher do you see being a better fit? Who would you rather have in Cleveland? They're going to sign one. All indications are that they're going to sign one. I've heard from people that are closer to the organization than, than me that they are going to sign more depth at defensive end. And, they, and all indications point to it being Jadavian Clowney. But again, we'll see. Those sources have been wrong before. But you're looking at guys like Jadavian Clowney, 
Everson Griffin, Clay Matthews, Marcus Golden. So let's break every one of those guys down. Jadavian Clowney is a guy who's really impressive. This is a guy that I like. This is probably my favorite guy. I told Adam Gunn to my head, this is the guy I'm taking is Jadavian Clowney. Now with that said, Jadavian Clowney has not hit double-digit sacks once in his career. Hasn't hit double-digit sacks once in his career. Now for a guy with that much hype and the guy that was supposed to be the next coming, coming out of college, that's really depressing. I think a lot of people that, you know, uh, your average fan, your casual fan would be surprised by that statistic. You know, and this is also a guy that benefited from playing on the opposite end of J.J. Watt, who soaked up all the double teams, right? And, you know, Wendy Merciless was there too, and he still couldn't crack the double-digit mark, didn't crack it last year in Seattle. He didn't handle double teams really well in Seattle. You know, he, I mean, he took them. He was a good anchor, but he didn't break many double, te- many double teams. And this is a guy that was originally wanting to get paid in the $20 million mark. So, you know, there are some question marks there. I don't know if he necessarily ever really lived up to that number one draft pick hype. Um, now, whether I, he is great, though, it's undeniable. He's got a lot of interesting traits. He's got a lot of elite traits. He was a Pro Bowl player. I think he was an all pro player. The talent is there. But another issue is, is he A, is he worth it? And B, can he play second fiddle to Miles Garrett? Uh, what you're hearing a lot from people in, that I follow the Texans closer than I or, or Adam do uh, is that. Jadavian Clowney did not like to be second fiddle to J.J. Watt. That's one of the reasons why he wanted to get out of Houston's because he was sick of being the second fiddle. Well, if he comes to Cleveland, I got he's going to be second fiddle once again to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is undoubtedly better than Jadavian Clowney in every sense of the word. So he's got to be prepared to do that. Um, you know, if we start, let's, this, that, that's just the, the fact. That's just the fact. Uh, moving on. The next guy that's kind of, you hear the name buzzing around is Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin is a guy that's very open about how much he likes Minnesota. He loves Minnesota. So this is somebody that I think could probably go back to Minnesota, be snagged up by Minnesota. They're just probably something that they're working out right now, and they're just waiting um, for the comp pick formula penalty or whatever you want to call it to go away. Uh, Everson Griffin does come with some flaws of his own. This is a guy that had some mental issues where he missed chunks of training camp he missed a couple games because he kind of just disappeared so i don't know if that's necessarily someone you want in a growing locker room like cleveland is building but he's always been a very productive pass rusher some might say better than jd van Clowney in that department so that is someone that you might look at um clay matthews would be another cool story more of a legacy story obviously everybody remembers his dad having a dominant tenure in cleveland um, I don't know if that's necessarily the best reason to bring him on, but it's definitely a, a fun reason. It's definitely a cool connection. I think he does have some left in the tank. He was with the Rams last year. He's not the same Clay Matthews that was in his prime with the Packers, but he definitely had some some juice left in the tank last year. And I think he's got some juice and something that he can provide this year. Again, you're not looking for a game changer on the opposite end of Miles Garrett. You're just looking for someone to relieve the pressure off Miles Garrett because you don't want them to double team Miles Garrett every time, right? Or if they do. My, you got to have someone on the other end that can, you know, get get a sack off of that, you know. And I think Olivier Vernon is probably going to be the number one option, but my, but having a guy like Clay Matthews to spell that person is it seems like a good fit. Remember, Miles Clay Matthews. I'm sorry, it's not exactly the prototype defensive end either. You know, he's a little bit of that outside linebacker, rush outside linebacker. Same with Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden's a guy that I'm a bit surprised is still unsigned. He's a guy that's hit double digit sacks. I think he hit it last year. I think he got 10 sacks or 13 sacks last year. So this is a guy that I'm kind of surprised is still hanging out there. Again, not your prototypical defensive end, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns took a shot at him once that comp 
date has passed. Uh, but that's really all the edge rushers you have out there. Please tweet at me. Let me know if I'm forgetting anybody. Again, I'm kind of just going this, doing this on the fly since uh, Adam bailed on me. The last thing that Adam and I discussed, and then I'll go ahead and I'll shut it down. I probably talked a little too fast because I'm looking at the timer and I've only hit 15 minutes. Huh. Weird how much I needed, Adam. I'm kind of shocked by that. But uh, so the last thing we talked about was Malik Hooker. We got a lot of Ohio State fans that listen to this show. Malik Hooker was the last draft pick to get his fifth-year option denied. Um, You know, I know some people that are fairly close to the Colts organization, much closer than me, and they believe that there's a lot of animosity towards Hooker because he doesn't have the best attitude off the field. Now, I was talking to Adam, and Adam knows that I was fairly close to Malik Hooker on a personal level at some point before he was a professional, and I don't know that to be him. Maybe that is him now. Maybe that his wallet's a little bit fatter. That's who he's become. I'm unsure. We do know that since the ACL tear he suffered, he's not necessarily the same dynamic athlete that he was, and that is something that needs to be taken into consideration when evaluating Malik Hooker. I think Malik Hooker is is elite in a lot of areas, but he has been slightly disappointing. Let's be real. He was a little bit of a one-hit wonder at Ohio State. People might not remember this, but during that awesome recruiting class where they brought in, I think they brought in four or five-star defensive backs, Malik Hooker was actually second fiddle to Eric Smith as the safety. Eric Smith played sooner. Eric Smith got an interception sooner. Eric Smith was the young gun. And then Eric Smith kind of fell to the wayside and Malik Hooker took over and was kind of, you know, the balled out as a redshirt sophomore and then declared. Uh, but this is a guy that played basketball in high school. Didn't really, he only played like one, two years of, of high school football. Primarily played basketball. Got offers from Duquesne and really wanted to play basketball and kind of felt like he was forced into playing football. This is a guy that debated transferring and going back home. A guy that got homesick on numerous occasions. So I don't really know. That's something, I know that that was four, five, six years ago at this point. But the, those are things that maybe have carried on to the next level or, or, or play a little bit of a factor in his attitude or how he plays. Another thing to consider is that the former Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator drafted Malik Hooker. So he is under the last regime. This defense, this defense has changed. This defense has gone more towards a Tampa 2. So in a sing, Malik Hooker is your more classic single high center field, I'm going to roam and create turnovers kind of safety, kind of like he was at Ohio State. And in the new Tampa 2 defense that the Colts run now, they rotate a lot of safeties, and their main job is to keep everything in front of them. They, you want sure coverage ability, your, your emphasis on coverage goes down, while your emphasis on being able to make a tackle goes up. Uh, and Malik Hooker, if he does have a weakness, it probably is tackling. He doesn't like to tackle. It's not his favorite thing to do. He can do it. He will do it. He's got a good size to him, but he doesn't like to do it. He's more of a turnover machine, a turnover gun. So... With that said, I do think it's worth taking a shot to trade for Malik Hooker. And I'm not just talking about the Browns. I'm talking about in general. I do think it might be worth a shot. Rumor has it that the Colts were trying to trade Malik Hooker on draft night, all three draft nights. And I do believe those rumors, especially considering that they did decline his fifth-year option, it only makes sense. And I'm also hearing that they're willing to part with Malik Hooker for a day three trade. So you're talking about a fourth-round pick for a former first-rounder who's still under the age of 25. That feels like a risk that I'm willing to take. Uh, Again, not necessarily talking about the Cleveland Browns, just more or less talking about the NFL in general. You know, there are, there is a camp, some that are close to Indianapolis that feel that this is Ballard's way to kind of light a fire under Hooker. Like, hey, we we like you, we want you, we drafted you, but you need to step it up or else you're going to be out of here. 
Um, but they, you know, this is a way that they're going to motivate them. Whether that's going to work, whether that's true, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm much close. I much more in the camp of that they're trying to get rid of them. But again, we'll see. But that's kind of what Adam and I were discussing before he lost connections. Please. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, on Facebook. We do have a Browns Wire podcast Facebook group. It's pretty active. We share a lot of Browns Wire's articles. If you're interested in my scouting reports on Alex Taylor or uh, Solomon Ajayi, they are on brownswire.com. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate us. Please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at joshkeatley 16 or just go ahead and uh, reach out to me on Facebook. It's up to you. But this was the Browns Wire podcast. <laughs>